Hey guys, had a great time talking to this guest. His name is Nick Hazelton. He's been on the show before, and we kind of co-released it. So his show is called Yakin' with Nick. Um, it's also anarcho yakalism. But you guys can check out all of his stuff at and-yak.com. Uh, he is the one of the owners of Hazelton Farms. It's a cool family-raised farm. I'll put a link for the first episode that we did in the show notes. Um, so definitely check that out. So a couple things before we get started. Um, sometimes my brain thinks I'm saying words that I'm not really saying. I kind of struggle with English sometimes. So I meant to say fresh sheet the whole time or infographs. Um, so, and, and I talked to John Fogel about this in pastured pork. And I think there's a big, whenever you guys are selling, if you guys sell meat and it's something that's not traditional or, if you want to, if you want to put out why you're separate than commodities, I think infographs are great tools. So there's there's good ones if you just look up grass fed beef, um, and it'll show like a grass fed beef and what the diet is. Um, a lot of the sell points I don't agree with, like the fat and everything like that. I think the fat content is important, but it's mainly you know micronutrients or whatever. Blah blah blah. We all know it's better because it's their animals live the way they're supposed to live. However, you know, you can you can create, you can have this stuff work, um, whatever's hip and whatever. You kind of want to take advantage of, of some group think when it comes to sales. So um, I do have some links in the show notes of the books I recommended. So I just signed up to become an Amazon affiliate. So here's the deal, guys. I want to give you these audio books for free, um, the same thing. So if you don't have an Audible account. Um, you can sign up and you can, you can download the books for free. Uh, if you, if, if the links don't work and you don't already have an audible account, let me know, like send me an email and I'll just send you a link of the audio book for free. It's not, not a big deal. I already have the book. So I didn't think that some of the books that you could listen to on audible, but I did take a look and they are an audible now. So, um, success with people and how I raise myself from failure to success in selling, those are both an audible now, so you guys definitely check those out if if you want to just kind of get some sales basics. I mean, when I first started in sales, those are books that helped me out quite a bit, and also how to win friends and influence people. Um, so, with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy this show. Uh, it's it's kind of weird, so I'm trying to get on my pulpit more and share and sound more confident about my experiences. Um, I know Scott and. Greg Burns have both kind of said, you know, you sound really good when you do that. You should do that more. So I appreciate your guys' inputs. It means a lot to me. Um, but with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy this show. recording i haven't used this thing in a okay, recording on monitoring nick he's recording a call okay cool yeah i'm recording right. too well if you now does it that, that when you record it now you know what, we'll just do it like this um because we already committed to not not making it the crispiest audio possible <laughs> <laughs> and i don't sure. i don't have the space to do both me and you because i could put us together too i'm sure but we'll just we'll just do it raw so but uh, yeah, dude. So what's going on, man? It's been a while. I didn't even see that you put out the other podcast because um, <laughs> I didn't get I didn't get tagged or anything, so I didn't promote it. So I felt bad. And then oh, um, somebody because I was like, because you're like, I don't know when I'm going to put it out. I don't know if I'm still doing the show. It may never be put out. And I was like, okay. So, but lots has changed because uh, I mean, uh, from the last time we talked. But I know you wanted to talk to me about something specific today. Yes. Yeah. Things are, things are, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my, um, my productivity up. I feel like yeah. I've been too, being too lazy recently yeah, and uh, I need to, I need to up my game. So a part of it and, uh, I, the, I, I talked to the mastermind group, my mastermind group last week, um, about, cause I was thinking, okay, I gotta get moving, making money here, Yeah. but I'm, I've got these, you know, personal emotional blocks to doing some of this stuff that I know I need to do 
right? Like I, I know I need to start marketing. Um, uh, well, not start, but restart and, and go harder, but I really don't want to do that. So I talked to them and they're like, well, you, you know, you have to, <laughs> it's the only way you can run a business. You have to market, you have to be a salesman. So I'm embracing that and realize, okay, this isn't really my strong suit, but it's something that while I'm kind of reluctant to do, I know I have to, and I know that it can be fun. Yeah. Um, because I've done a little bit, right? Working at the farmer's market, just getting somebody to buy a pound of burger. That's kind of, it, it really, it, there's that, I don't know, it's kind of addictive, right? You get that feeling. You're like, yes, that's really great. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's, I wanted to talk- it's, it's like instant gratification at farmer's market. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I wanted to talk to you. They, they, Daryl Becker suggested this to me. Um, to talk to you about salesmanship because that's what you've been doing for a long time, right? And yeah, I, from listening to you, I know that you're a good salesman and know on your past, I'm thanks. Uh, I know that, so I wanted to ask. Um, you want to ask advice. me about it? Yeah, man. So that's it's always tricky, man, because I know that I'm, it's weird. Like I'm not the best at getting it behind my pulpit, and I've been trying to get better about that. Like I don't. Cause I, I like to be, cause I'm not the best, you know, like I'm definitely, I mean, if, if I was as good of a salesman as, as I'd like to be, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be, my business would be booming, but that's not always the sales aspect. I mean, there's other aspects of running a business and sales is just one of the, the pieces of the puzzle. Um, I mean, so, so the biggest thing, man, that I would say is, uh, so when I got started with sales, man, like. I didn't think so. My first sales job, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be a salesman, and it was like I, I wanted to be a personal trainer. And then when I, and so like, and I actually wasn't bad at it. I just didn't like it because I didn't like the company I worked for, and they were all kind of crooked, and so it was kind of weird. So I, I really fought off being a sales guy for a while. And then when I turned twenty-two, I started reading a bunch of books on sales. I, I think more than anything, that's what that's what really kind of helps you break through a lot of those barriers um, that you're probably experiencing because I mean, and, and I mean, shit, dude, I mean, you're, you're, are you, are you 18 yet, Nick? Yes. Yes. I oh, am. you're an adult now. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. So anyways, man. So, um, so that's, so when you are, when you are doing, I mean, because I, I know you read books, like I know you study stuff, like you've studied a lot of stuff. You study, I mean, from a, a perspective of an autodidact, like you, 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 you know, you, you know a lot more about philosophy than I do. And, and it's, it's kind of weird. Like if, if we had a conversation, we would probably have a conversation and you, you could point out, oh, that's, that's, that's this philosophy. Because I know before <laughs> I didn't even know what stoicism was and we were, and we were just talking the first, our very first conversation. And you said, that's, that kind of sounds stoic. And I go, oh, I, I don't know what that means. And I've never, like, I've never read books about, I've never read Murray Rothbard. I've never read Ayn Rand. I've never read any of those people that people talk about. Like, I, I, I enjoy, like, I did read George Orwell and I did read, you know, Aldous Huxley and all that stuff. So um, when it comes from, like, a traditional philosophy aspect, like, I'm not, I'm not the best. But what I have read, I've read a ton of books on sales and business. And I think a lot of times, like, those philosophies are, are built into that. And so it's it's easy for me to to when you, when you, when you explain something to do that. So I I think so the whole point of me going on this long rant about is it's going to be similar for you. I think um, what I would do. I mean, so you're already practicing sales, right? So you're already going to the farmers market, and that's you know that's that's a great place to learn sales. You know, belly to belly. I mean, there's different kinds of sales, and I think like and I've done a lot of them. Like I've done inside sales outside sales i've done i worked at a mall kiosk i did network marketing and i've done a lot of stuff i haven't done a ton of internet sales um but a lot of it's because i like i do like that people that person interaction but um a lot of internet sales seems to be marketing anyways but you know the thing that i would recommend first is is reading like getting a few good books so the first book I recommend you read, there's a couple. So one is if you if you want to listen to it while you're doing that, and you might have already gotten it, is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Have you ever checked out that book? No. I've heard it recommended many times. <laughs> yeah. But... So that's that's a that's a that's a great book. So in it a lot of too, like it's kinda like it's interesting too with like 
because I've been studying a lot of persuasion, especially because of Scott Adams and Trump being in office. And I really think Scott Adams's persuasion lens perspective is it makes a ton of sense. And then it's like it's it's really helped me look at things in life and uh, it makes you look at things differently. And persuasion is just, you know, if, if we remember, you know, the trivium, you know, it's grammar, re- logic and rhetoric. So it's just rhetoric. Um, and that's, and so that's a lot of what sales is, is it's just learning to be persuasive, but it's also too, like, you don't want to be sleazy. Like you can persuade people into doing things they don't want to do and it never works out well. But a lot of times people have guards up and they actually want to get the product that you have, but they just have a bad taste in their mouth from somebody else, or they don't really necessarily understand how something really works. So you know, you, you want to ask questions, but so the first book I'd recommend is how to win friends and influence people. Um, that's a great book. Uh, a similar book that I think is probably better is success with people by Cabot Robert. You can't get that on audible. So if you want to listen to that, you won't be able to listen to that. You'll have to read it. So I got a copy. I think you can still get a used copy on Amazon. So those are like the first two books of just like basic skills, like just basic skills that you're going to learn. Um, cause that's going to go over and it, it's just simple shit, man. It's probably shit. You'll be reading it. And you're like, Oh, I already do that. I already do that. I already do that. You know what I mean? Like you're a nice, you're a nice guy. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you smile at everyone when they come to the kiosk and everything or to mm-hmm. your market and everything like that. But, um, so I think just for like building blocks, those are good. And then, um, for sales, there's a couple other books that I, I just kind of want to pre- recommend before we kind of go through everything. One is how I raised myself from failure to success in selling by Frank Betker. Uh, that's a great book. So f- that's another book you have to read. So that's what sucks. Cause I like to listen to a ton of shit. I don't know if you do too, Nick. Um, I do too. Yeah. I, I actually don't read very much because it's easier to listen. That's, that's yeah. Um, so hopefully somebody will do an audible of that. It's like a classic sales book. Um, so how I raised myself from failure to success in selling. So it's about Frank Becker. So Frank Becker was this, um, and actually there's a lot of lessons you can just be learned from just like his story. So Frank Becker was a baseball player and he played for the Cardinals when they didn't make any money. Like you didn't make money playing baseball. It was, it was a job and you, you can make enough, but it wasn't like it is today. So Frank was kind of like a, a scrub riding the bench and he was getting tired of it, so he just decided, you know what, I'm just going to out-hustle everybody. So Frank just started hustling, and he, and he just was super enthusiastic. He would run everywhere on the field, and he would just make sure he was always trying to, you know, he was trying to make the coaches notice that, you know, he gave a shit, and he was working really hard. Um, so then when Frank's baseball career ended, he started selling insurance. Um, so when Frank... Uh, got into insurance it was the same thing he was really terrible he had a bad attitude and then he just kind of sat back and he he was just like you know what like why don't I just do the same thing I do with baseball so then Frank just started being really enthusiastic and and that's a tricky thing too because I remember when I read this book I was just way I was like inhumanly enthusiastic so you have to find like this right amount of enthusiasm for yourself (laughs) otherwise people because you want to be authentic like that's the thing like Mm -hmm. people the biggest thing in sales and is just making people feel okay. Like it's not about, it's not about, um, it's not about like, it's weird, man. Like I went to a bank the other day and it was like, it's for like my, my comedy show business that I don't, I don't do shit with. And I was just trying to get like the bank account records for so much for my bookkeeper so I could get like stuff to my accountant. And this guy like just, he was really good in the aspect that like he paid attention to me. He made eye contact. He asked questions, but this is what he was doing. Like instead of asking me a question and listening, he would just cut me off if it wasn't going the way he wanted to. And then he'd ask me another question. He was just trying to sell me something. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like you, that it feels sleazy. Like you don't, I didn't feel okay. Like at first I just kind of felt, I, I started to feel uncomfortable because I felt like I was dealing with a sociopath. And then, like, as it went through, like, the guy's like, well, you need a dollar. You need to deposit a dollar so this this account can go active because, like, my account went dormant or something. So I gave him a dollar, and I was like, you know, I probably could have withdrawn a dollar, too. 
And then the guy bragged about how he got a dollar from me. Like, oh, well, I got a dollar from you. Like, I sold you on that dollar. And it was like, all right, buddy, well, let's just go ahead and let's withdraw everything out of that account except the dollar. Because I don't, that's all I need in that account, right? He's like, it, so so it, it, it backfired for, for my bank because I'm like, I don't even want to do business here now. Like, I just don't. Like, I don't, you know, the guy asked me a story, interrupted me a bunch of times. And, and, you know, sometimes if you're in the in the heat of a – if you're having a real conversation with somebody, which is all, you know, you want to have in sales is just a conversation, um, it it's okay. Like, it's natural that you're going to get excited and you're going to interrupt each other. To me, that's actually a sign of a good conversation because, like, we're really wanting to talk to each other. So we're getting excited to, to talk. And I, and, I, and I listen to my podcast. I do it all the time. And I'm like, God damn it, Drew. Come on, Drew. Why are you interrupting, you know, why interrupting this guy, right? But people don't mind. Like, people, when people listen to it, it's like, oh, like, it's fun to listen to because it's two people, two human beings connect, right? So that's um, yeah. that's kind of like a, a gist of, like, basics. Like, basic sales stuff you need to know is making people feel comfortable. But also, like, you know, have – you want to have – like, you know, you want to – make that have that person make a decision like it's it's tricky man like i've been in a lot of sales environments where you you don't want to sell from another person's pocket that is true at the same time man i don't i don't want to do somebody dirty like i i want mm-hmm. like that's that's the biggest thing like i know if i wanted to i could you know be pretty sociopathic and try to try to hustle people out of their money but then i don't feel good because that's the thing too because when you make somebody else feel good you're going to feel good like it Right. If you make somebody, if you do something that you know is kind of shitty, you're not going to feel so good. So um, I, that's kind of well. That's like, what I'm trying to do. With the the business, right, is trying yeah. to try to make win wins. Right. That's that's what I try to keep in mind. Is yeah. yeah, I'm not here to to sell you mac- yak meat just to sell yak meat. I'm here to sell you yak meat because it's. I think it would be beneficial for um, your business, and you know your business more than I do. You know. Meats, so meat's I'm not going to tell you you're too, wrong, man. man. Meat's really tricky. Are you trying to sell to restaurants? Yeah, that's what I'm going to try and start doing. Okay. So what do you? So what is your man? So that's tricky because I've tried to help some guys because they're 100. percent Are they 100 percent grass fed yak? Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So there's extra time they spend on the pasture. So now that like it's funny because the first time we talked, I knew nothing about animal um, selling animal meat, <laughs> but now I've like looked into it a little bit more. So I still don't really know shit, but I know a decent more. It's tricky, man, because um, I'm sure you have margins that you have to have to even make it worthwhile. So you're not losing money and you're not. So that's the tricky thing. And, and um, man, so with restaurants, my experience so far. So you're in the West Coast. So it's foodie culture, I think, is a little bit more prevalent there. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. but No, Absolutely. But people, like, you don't have to explain the difference between grass-fed beef or grass-fed yak probably there. We don't even – I can't even eat yak here. Like, I, I've never eaten yak. Um, I'm sure it's delicious. I'd love to eat yak. Um, but I've never never eaten yak. So, I mean, so what? what – so what is your biggest – have you gone to restaurants yet? I have gone to one restaurant. Um, okay. We talked to them. We tried to see if we could work out some pricing – um, and it, and it didn't work out. It, it was too, too much. Um, I was, I was asking too much for them and I didn't want to go down at the time. And, uh, so we, yeah, I met with them. I talked to them, but yeah, we decided that it was not worth it. Okay. So that's good. And that's going to be probably 70 to 80% of your interactions, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, I mean, the biggest thing like Jim Rome, Jim Rome's a good resource too, man. Like Jim Rome. Uh, or Jim Rohn, uh, like he's like Anthony Robbins' mentor, and listen to him like helps you put things in perspective because it's, it. I mean it's it's going to be a numbers game and it's going to be, and you just can't have an attachment. I mean it takes time to put into it, so you you have to budget time to go to these restaurants. But you know when you go there, you want to talk to the chef and you want to have a conversation and and you want to take the time to interact. You know maybe figure out how that chef cooks. Like, I love food. So when I go to a restaurant, I usually just talk to them about food, and then I show them pictures of my farm, and they all think it's super cool. 
but I'm in the Midwest, so I don't I don't know. Like, there's probably a, a there could be a bunch of yak 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 farmers. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not sure. How many no. other people are doing <laughs> yak where you're at? There are three people selling um, meat in the state, at least at the level that I am. Okay. One is he's way bigger than me. He's out east, and he's I'm outside of his range, so that's good. And then the other guy is my herd partner, so we okay. we're pretty much working together. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So you you have like this niche market, but now you got to find that that you know this niche product, but now you have to find the niche market. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? Um. So how many restaurants do you think? Like, how are you qualifying to talk to these restaurants? I'm trying to look at um, smaller restaurants that are. Um, that are really gearing towards this farm to table sort of thing, you know, um, because that was the, the farm to table restaurant was the first one I hit. Um, but we didn't, yeah, it didn't work out. And now I'm looking at more places that are that, that foodie kind of culture. So right now I'm looking at a restaurant nearby that uh, is a burger joint, but they change up their menu a lot. So maybe I wouldn't get, um, consistent sales. Yeah, but I would like to try. And then I'm also supplying, I forgot about this guy, but I'm also supplying a restaurant every once in a while who changes up his meals too. But I'm trying to gear towards people who are, who are making high quality food. Yeah. And really good burgers, really good dishes. Um, that's, that's who I'm trying to, uh, limit myself to, you know, I'm not going to little mom and pop diners very good. No, that's a that's a good plan. No, so you you got the right. But I'm definitely trying oh, to get. Sorry, you cut out there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So you're. Fo- oh no, I, I I was done. Okay, cool. So yeah, so you're, <laughs> so you're focusing on high end, um, foodie type restaurants. Yeah, I think anywhere. So I mean, so I'm in Columbus, so I'm like in a more West Coast style city than most of the Midwest. But I mean, for me, it's like I focus on the same thing. So wherever there's a bunch of hipsters foodies and and honest quite honestly like a, a good a good range gay population too um <laughs> and it's and it's you know just market wise i mean gays seem to be a lot more hip to food and they seem to be a lot more hip to a lot of stuff like that man um they tend to think a lot more out the box and they like nicer things like they like that um i mean shit man it gets pretty expensive quick when when the gays move in through columbus and i don't mean that in like a a bad way either man there's some really <laughs> nice parts of the city because of that like we have a humongous you know humongously dense gay population and, and it's like uh you know we we got a good farmer's market that we found it's all hipster foodie and and gay up-and-coming gentrification area and so i my buddy's at hand hue and i'm like oh man you guys gotta get in here i think you guys would make a killing here um because it's you know it's 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 that that it's our market crowd and that's what i've kind of realized for us in the midwest so that's where so i'm only saying that because that's what i'm leveraging from my experience i i think that's fine do you have uh so when you go in there do you have like a spreadsheet no okay so you're gonna want to have a spreadsheet so you you should have so some visual aids so and what i mean by that you want something you can hand to the restaurant it has your contact information um, it has, I'm trying to get, I got to get with Nathan Frazier. I like calling him out live because he's so busy. But when I call him out, like then he's like, oh yeah, I got to help Drew. So, yeah. but I'm trying to work with him for that for me because I'm not good with graphics. I know it's, I know vision, but visual aids are incredibly important, especially when you're meeting somebody face to face, you want to be able to hand them something that they can look at. Um, and you know, I've like, been, what's like that? a card or. I'd say a spreadsheet, man. I mean, Curtis Stone uses okay. spreadsheets. Luke Callahan, he talks heavy when he was because he was out in Eugene or he's out in um, Portland when he was mm-hmm. doing his microgreens. And, and spreadsheets are a big deal because Pete, you, you're not going to remember everything from the conversation, everything you say, especially price. You're just going to remember the feeling you had when you talked to that person, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I really like that guy. All right. Well, tell me about him. What's his wife's name? You know, I don't know. What's he do for a living? I think he does something like this, but I like him. You know, that's that's what they're going to think. Uh, you know, that young kid. You sure. Know? And you have a good story that's going to stick out in people's mind. You know, that young kid, he's, he's a yak farmer. So it's already like you're already kind of at an advantage because you're a young guy and you're doing something outside the box. And people are, are going to think that's cool. 
So you have to, you want to have a spreadsheet so then people can reference it. So you can have prices, breakdowns. So this is what I, now are you, are you mainly looking to sell cuts and ground? Or are you mainly looking to like, how are you trying to sell? Um, like, what is it? How much do you have to sell to these restaurants to make it worth your time? I'll, that is a good question. I think that I would like to be making um, like at least $60 a week off a restaurant okay. um, if I can. Now, I'm not really being very picky with that because, you know, I have a guy who's you know, maybe 60 bucks every couple months because he changes up his menu. Yeah. Um, and that's fine with me. I just want a little bit more cash coming in. And and are they mainly wanting cuts? Do they want ground? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've had some people say we want a whole yak, but that was that was a farm to table sort of thing. So they want to they want to be a little bit more creative yeah. with how they cut up an animal. So they're going to because they wanted self. I yeah, they wanted that's what that's what they wanted, and so I said, well, we'll see what we can do. But think, yeah, it didn't I think work a out. Chef, yeah, I mean, a chef says that, and then they realize, then they start looking into what do I need to do. It's like, oh, we have to let. How long do you have to hang a yak for? Do you know? That's a really good question. Because I know um, a pig you can just hang overnight and then you can cut it. But we're getting a cow. Right. Greg Burns and a couple other guys and myself are getting a cow and we're going to butcher it ourselves because we got a pretty good deal on this this cow and we're each going to take a quarter. But I know we have to hang that cow for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, so that's the thing. So that's something I would I – wouldn't. man, if, if somebody does – because I think that's a good package for we you. We cut right? out again. So anyway, so that's that's something you'd want to know. Like, so let's say somebody wants to know, like, you're not a butcher, right? So you would just say, right. you know, I'm not a butcher. But if somebody, because I'm sure, I know, okay, so in Ohio law, and I'm sure it's the same way there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I grilled you when we were talking about your guinea hogs. Um, so in Ohio law, like, I can, like, I'm paying Greg next year for my whole pig, and I'm going to pay half, I'm going to send half to the butcher, and then I think me and him or me and his dad are going to each pay for another half where we actually butcher it ourselves. So there's kind of like uh, if, you know, I can butcher it there on the farm. He can show me how to butcher it. Like that's you can mm-hmm. legally do that. So right. I'm not sure what it's like in Oregon, but I'm sure there's something similar. It's very it's pretty much the same. The, the law is you can. Um, if you're not having it USDA inspected, the slaughter and, and butchering process, um, yeah. you can sell the animal and then have somebody – then it's not yours, right? It's not yeah. my animal. You know, it's yours. So you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Yeah. Um, or you can take it to a butcher um, and have them do that because that's a – it's – you know, they're licensed by the Oregon Department of Ag and for you probably the Ohio yeah. Department of Ag, right? But, yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, so I mean, just I mean, I would know if somebody asks you about that, I would just know like basics or, or good resources for them to point. Like, you know, we do offer this, but if you do butcher it yourself, you know, you're something you should know. From my own experiences, like I, you have to hang it for so many days because that's a lot of space, man. I mean, that's a lot of space to have, and and then they're gonna have to kill the animal themselves, right? So that's I don't a, know if they could do that with them. Um... Yeah, been I don't be able to sell it at the restaurant. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if you could. So that's the whole thing, unless like the chef works something out. So that's what I'm thinking. I mean, so if they did do the whole thing, then they would. I don't think they could butcher it themselves unless they get the dead. Unless you have like the butcher kill it, and then that's all you pay the butcher to do. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's something you'd, you'd want to know, though. That's what I'm sure. saying. Like this is something you'd want to know. Um, I imagine, though, man, I, I mean, I think so. Are, so people mainly just want like yak steak. They don't want ground. Um, No. Well, most of the time it's ground because it's cheaper. Yeah. And people are wanting to try it out. And that's what I'm trying to push because that's all I have right now. But yeah, I'm um, sure you can sell cuts at the farmer's market, right? Right. That's, so I'd more like I'd. I'm reluctant to sell steak to many restaurants because I can get a way higher price. At retail, yeah, um, and I'm okay with you know selling burger for a couple bucks less or something, yeah, because I just have so much of it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so and okay, so that's that's good. So this so this is what you want to have then. You want to have price sheet like um, so you'd want to have price sheets like so if you want to get a full yak, 
this is it. I mean, maybe, or maybe you don't even want to have that on there. If you only want to sell ground, you could maybe say, okay, at for this much ground, it's going to cost this. But if you get this much ground, you get a bit of a break, like stuff like that. Like, can you do that? Can you? Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what I would do. And I think Nathan is a good person to get with for sales copy and doing that, but you would just want to know what those price points are. So that way, so you, you go to a restaurant, you, you, you want to go in between two and four. Um, that's typically the best time. You could even call ahead and just say, Hey, is the chef in? And if they say, yeah, say, okay. And then you just show up and you just ask to speak to the chef. If you can, man, I don't think you can give samples with meat. So that's a little bit, it's a little bit more challenging. Um, well, what I've done is say, Hey, take this, this package and try it out yourself. What do you think? Like, don't, yeah, yeah. I just give them a package or two and say, okay, try out the yak. If you like it, let Perfect. me know. Perfect. Yeah. So that's a, so yeah. So you want to have samples. So, but you want to be able to talk to the chef. So you want to be able to talk to the chef about yak, talk to him about the farming of yak. If he asks, you know, well, what's the difference between yak and beef? Have a good answer. Have a good, under, let him understand Make sure he knows 100% grass-fed. And maybe, mm-hmm. like, what, what is the difference between yak and beef and flavor? For you sure. personally? And I, Do you know? Like, oh, are you asking me? Yeah, because I don't right know. Now? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the way, it's very similar, but it's, it's it's leaner. And I think that it's it's not gamey, but it's it's kind of, we think it's a little bit sweeter than beef. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. say, you know, it's it's not gamey. It's not, what you, you know, it's not like, but it's, and that's that's just something you would say. Then yeah. uh, have some pictures of your farm on that sales, like on that thing. So you can show them, go over the sheet with them. Say, yeah, so this is our farm. Um, I started this when I was 16. Tell your story. You know, stories sell. Mm-hmm. But don't make it about necessarily you. Ask them questions too. Like ask them about them and being a chef and what type of meals they want like to produce and, and everything. I mean, certain chefs are dicks. So if somebody's a dick, like you, you're going <laughs> to want to – wrap it up but if they're a nice guy and they're open to a conversation and they want to talk to you like they're excited to talk to you and talk to them you know what i mean like just keep the conversation going like you're you're a podcaster right so you're already right. good at asking people questions so it it's not really that different like it's it's not really that different it's, it, it's just the fact that you have a little bit more skin in the game in your mind so it makes you more nervous does that make sense yeah so yeah definitely so that's, um, I mean, that's, that's what I would do, man. And I would have, so then what I would do is when you go on these routes, like make a plan that you're going to try to hit, like be prepared to try to hit maybe five restaurants a day, right? And Ooh-hoo. from two to four, but maybe less, but just be prepared for that. And then, sure. and then you want to look at these restaurants, figure out in advance, where are these restaurants at? So then that way you can go from one restaurant to the next, to the next, Make sure you're tracking your miles because, you know, obviously that's a tax write-off and you want to mm-hmm. track that stuff. And and just kind of go from there, man. I, I think that's that's the best bet. I mean, call them. Like, don't be afraid to call them and say, is the chef in? And if they're not, just go to the next one. Like, you don't want to get caught not talking to the chef um, unless you have, like, a warm lead into a restaurant. But I, I mean, recently, man, it's a place where I've brought a lot of business. I've done a lot of business with stuff. Uh, whether comedy shows and everything, and I've promoted promoted this restaurant on Instagram a bunch of times. And I got there, and my my inside guy was supposed to link me up with the chef. He wasn't there. The chef wasn't there. And I just asked if the chef was there. The lady said no, and she got me a GM. And the GM, all she cared about was the bottom line. And it just wasn't the conversation I wanted to have. And then it's like, well, that sucked. You know what I mean? Like this was a huge waste mm-hmm. of time for me. So don't, you know, call in advance. Like I, it was silly for me. I didn't have a fresh sheet. I didn't have product and it didn't, it didn't go well, man. I mean, it went really awful. And I thought it was for sure, like someplace I could sell my stuff. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of it. And then shoot for, you know, shoot to, if you can get two out of 10, that's, that's great. I mean, just look at it like baseball. If you can hit three, if you can hit the ball three out of 10 times, you're a multimillionaire. (laughs) I mean, just think of it that yeah. way because that's it's the same with sales. And a lot of people don't um, – a lot of people – I don't know. Some some people in sales don't like that analogy, but they can they can suck a fat one. No, I'm just teasing. So <laughs> – but, I mean, that's – I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You, you just want to keep it simple. You want to make mm-hmm. – try to make the conversation about them 
be really chill, be, you know, make, try to make them feel okay. Be respectful, make sure, you know, try to have a little bit of a farmer get up. So you look like a farmer, but you know, look clean, like brush your teeth, just basic shit, <laughs> man. have uh-huh. manners. I mean, it's just be kind. I mean, that's, that's the thing. So, um, so, I mean, that's, that's how I'd handle restaurants. Um, I would look, are there cool food trucks that do shit too? Well, that's something else I've been considering. Um, but I, there aren't as many as I thought, at least not in Corvallis yeah. um, or the nearby towns. I know there are a ton in Portland. I'm sure there are a bunch in Eugene. Um, but I'm like right in between those. But my plan is to go south a little bit. And I've, I've considered looking at um, food trucks, but I don't even know how to find them. Yeah, there's no. I heard that like this is kind of a that's that's kind of the the point of them is that you gotta go on an adventure to see. <laughs> there's no there's no like things. website that has it all organized. In I have area. no idea. So that's something to I don't know. Into. I should look it up. Yeah, so I mean, so that's research. So just uh, put in some time to do some research about these restaurants. Like, don't be afraid to. I mean, you're already kind of a research type guy, right? Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, just put in the research, man. Um. And then, I mean, and, and there's a lot, I mean, there's a good chance food trucks, it wouldn't be a good spot because food trucks are, um, man, so food trucks, they're, a lot of times these guys are, are just bootstrapping and they're real toilet paper entrepreneurs. If you're familiar with Mike McCallow, it's like, you know, they're really trying to go as lean as possible and they may want to step up to the higher food grade. But, you know, like there's a, my favorite joint around here, it's Ray Ray's Barbecue. And actually, the the owner of of the Ray Race like started like a you know past you know paddock shifting pig farm. You know what I mean? Like what oh, Greg yeah? does and everything. But he can't even sell it to Ray Race because it's just he can't really afford to. Like they have to do commodity because mm-hmm. they're only running four days a week. And a lot of times when you get at that model, um, it's you know they'll occasionally do you know special you know forest raised pig or grass-fed brisket and all that stuff but it's just it's 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 more of a uh it's more of just a occasional type type dish sure um another aspect too for ground is man have you hit up crossfit gyms no that's another thing that i was that i have in my mind yeah because those people have money um Mm -hmm. crossfit's expensive i don't i don't think it's worth the money personally but it's my personal opinion but it's a big thing now it's a it's a fad people really like it and a lot of those people like to eat healthy and they like to eat meat so if you can if you can go in there and get some of these uh fresh sheets that you're you know that you're bringing to restaurants go there go talk to the owner see if you can put them in there talk to see if you can talk to some personal trainers they, you might even just get some individual customers and you could even say, you know, if, if you guys want to buy it in bulk, you know, you, you guys can buy it in bulk and you can kind of give the gym a bulk rate if they want to, um, yeah. chiropractor offices, that's another good place for me. Um, and it's, it's tricky. I mean, I don't, I, I haven't heard, I know some of my, I know hand hewn sells out of chiropractor offices. I think they do all right there. I mean, enough to keep their product there. Um, so it's just, you know, just getting creative with where you're distributing it. So um, so is it just like you're not selling enough ground at the farmer's market right now? Well, I'm not at the farmer's market. It's off season. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a problem. <laughs> I know. So I haven't been selling for the last six months, and now I'm kind of feeling I've I've ran out of money now. Okay. So I'm like, oh, shit, I got <laughs> yeah, to get on it. I mean, what about uh, uh, a buying club? Have you thought about trying to start a buying club or is no, can you sell? I I don't know. Buying clubs can be good and bad. I mean, you you just set up like a drop off. Uh, I don't know. Kind of like a CSA. Is that what this is? Yeah. Just a meet CSA, but you can make it be weekly. Um, are there any produce partners you can, are there any like, uh, vegetable growers you can partner with? Um, I've done that before, but I've, kind of neglected that um i mean that's because i've been yeah and i think i should bring it back up to them um that's how i really got started selling meat was was through the farmer who i've she's pretty much my um my best mentor yeah at at actually farming right uh, now so she helped me out but that uh polyculture farm you worked at 
Um, is it a blueberry farm? What were you working yep. at? Yeah. yeah, she's biodynamic. She's biodynamic. got a bunch of stuff going down. Yeah, there's so yeah. many different terms. That's so funny. I know. Yeah, we're uh, permaculture for sure. We're polyculture. <laughs> it's polyculture. We're biodynamic. <laughs> it's so funny, man. <laughs> It's just yeah, so many. No, it's, it's so many ways because you don't want to use the term organic because it's this mm-hmm. dirty government word now, and you're not yeah. legally allowed to. Exactly. The biodynamic people are interesting. I actually know um, two of the people who are pretty high up in the certification for biodynamics of Demeter oh, Company there's a, and there's uh, a real certification. That's interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're they're private certification. Oh okay. But it's. Are you familiar with Rudolf Steiner? That name sounds familiar. He's Waldorf School. He did a bunch of interesting that sounds things. Like, that sounds like something from uh, Harry Potter. I'm not going to lie. Waldorf School from <laughs> Rudolf. Uh, That's a Steiner. <laughs> Rudolf Steiner. Steiner. Yeah, he's, they do some interesting stuff. They're like, um, I don't know, somebody explained it to me. It was really funny. I can't, I can't do it justice. But basically, you know, they're about doing things with the moon cycle. Oh, that's pretty cool. It. It's it is cool, but it, they get a little bit think, mystic and yeah, it's, but, it's fun stuff, but it's it's weird. I think that's how we plant. We try to plant. Um, really, I think that's what Joel does. It. I'm trying to think. I'm just it, like it makes I sense. Mean, that's how people have been doing it for hundreds, yeah. thousands of years, right? I mean, like the the moon has a lot to do with our tides. So I mean, I imagine it has a lot. To, I mean, everything to do with our tides. Yeah, I, I you know I don't know. I got uh, I got I we got um I got my low tunnel uh hoops built so i'm like i'm just excited i'm just like well if it's if i can get it in the ground i'm going to i gotta i don't i mean there's probably a way i could plan it better but i think you just gotta fucking do it like just just get it in the sure. ground i mean I'm, I'm the same way man i gotta start making some money like i like i was thankfully you know let go actually i don't know if you knew yeah. that but yeah i, got I did know that okay yeah i listened to the last show you did with brett that's okay. the last time I've listened. I listen. I try to pick up a sample hour a couple times. Dude, it's so hard. I don't know. It, it's just like so, there's so, there's so many shows. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even listen to people's shows anymore. I I, I mean, I, I listen. I'll Like, Brett will send me something. He's like, give this a listen. Tell me what you think. And then I'll listen to it. And I'm like, oh, man, that was good. But it's just there's, there's a lot of good content. And I'm just like, I, for me to make my show interesting, I have to read books. And I have to like, so that's like, so I just listen to books a lot of times. So it's not, I. I'd like to listen to more people, but when I start listening to somebody's show and I really like it, my show starts to sound like it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, sure. I don't want that. I got to. That's be. what I try to. I try to avoid that because I do that with with school sucks. I listen to school sucks all the time, yeah. and then I start getting interested in these topics, and I'm like, I want to talk about them. Like, well, but Brett, Eric Brett covered, covered that, that really and everybody well. listens to my show, listens to his show. Yeah, right. So yeah, like, well, like, okay, I, don't- I got to do something different. I don't have that overlap, thankfully. So it was cool to bring Brett on. Um, but mm-hmm. also, like, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't sound like Brett in the intro. Like, Brett does these well done intros, and it's oh, crazy. sounds really good. And it's really thoughtful, and I'm just like, I'm just trying to get it over it. Like, I'm just trying to get it done to get into the show. Like, I hate, I hate doing intros. So I'm like, yeah. So this person's coming on, and then I, then I, then I talk a lot about my affiliates because I'm a big fan of my affiliates because they're all my friends. And then I have theme music, and then that's it. And then I got to write. Yeah. And then I hate writing uh, show notes. I hate that shit. Yeah, it's the worst. It is the worst. But anyways, <laughs> back, back to sales. Sure. Hey, I wanted to ask you this because yeah. I want to go back to this. Um, when, you, when going to a restaurant to talk to the chef, what I've been trying to do is, is talk to the owner. Um, and do you, do you, like, sometimes, at least with these smaller restaurants, the chef is usually the owner. At least that's what I've found. Um do you think it matters? Like you said, don't like the the general manager. They don't want to. Uh, they're not really interested in that. They're they're looking at they're looking at strictly numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends. Like certain general managers, if they're they're like the 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 guy that used to be the GM at that restaurant I went to, he's giving me a lot of leads that I just need to follow up on. I just have a product. Uh, it depends. I mean, some, if the if the if you meet the GM and the GM's really food hip, he'll get you to talk to a chef because he gets that. Uh, like that's the nice thing, right? Like a lot more gastro pubs and everything are getting chefs to 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 be there because it is good for their restaurants. Like it's good to have mm-hmm. a, a food artist, which is what a chef is, man. Like a chef is gonna do really cool shit with your food, and you know, like I I mean, I'm not creative with food. I, I kind of am. Like I'll get a recipe, then I'll try this, and it and usually it doesn't work, and it ends up looking like shit, but it tastes good. And I'm like, well, it tastes good, but I couldn't sell this. 
Um, but a chef's going to make your stuff look presentable. It's going to look, it's going to look sexy on that plate and everything. But a lot of times I say talk to the chef because they got a lot of say in that kitchen. A lot of times, um, if they have an actual chef in the kitchen, I mean, chefs, uh, they're going to, they're paying a chef for a reason. Otherwise they just have a cook, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it, that's why I say talk to the chef. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea to talk to the owner. Um, but you know, if, if the owner is a chef, but if you, if you, it's harder, to, in my opinion, it'd be way harder to find the owner to talk to than the chef. It seems to be pretty hard to get a hold of the owner. Yeah, because the owner's probably doing other things, like trying to figure out the next time they're going to golf or something like that. Or, <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Like they that they just own a business. Like they want that business to run, and and it might be annoying to them if you're like, "Hey, I want to sell this stuff," and they might say, "Okay, talk to my chef," or they just will ignore you and say, "God, this fucking kid's annoying." You never know. I mean, I don't. You don't really know. I mean, it, it's not a bad thing to talk to the owner. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to want to talk to that owner, but uh, um, but trying to talk to a chef would be talking it might be sh- um, talking to the chef. I mean, that's that's your way into the kitchen. I mean, if because even if like the restaurant doesn't want to work, the GM doesn't want to work with you, the chef can say, "No, man, I got this menu. I'm going to make some yak meat." And then let's say, and then let's say you give the chef that information. Let's say that chef gets sick of working there and he finds another job. You got contact with that chef, so when he goes to his next restaurant, you potentially could not could keep that restaurant and then have a customer. You can have a new customer too, which is your old right. buddy, the chef. So you chefs are your friends, man, because chefs, especially young chefs, because they're not assholes and they want to work with guys like us. Like they think it's cool that if we go out and forge a bunch of mushrooms. They're gonna be like, oh fuck yeah, I'll buy all you can. And that's, I mean, totally. that's, that's how it is here. So if you have yak and they've never tasted yak meat, they're going to like you because you gave them free yak meat. Totally. So that's, I mean, that's, you, you don't have anything to lose talking to the chef. And, and I think if you talk to the owner, it, it's going to be a lot more work to get in contact with that person. And, you know, and potentially they don't even want to talk to you. They might, if, if they are the chef and yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, it depends on if, like, they're they're running a business and they're more self-employed. Like, they're in that restaurant every day, and they're still they, – and they haven't removed themselves to be, like, the business owner. Okay, this is just an asset for me now that runs for itself. Like, if it's an asset for you now and it runs for yourself, that's one thing. But if they're really passionate about food, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to talk to the owner. I just think it's it's going to be a lot harder for you to, to get to, – because it's a numbers game at the same time. Like, you want to talk to as many people as possible. So the more mm-hmm. the more restaurants you talk to, the more chances you have of somebody saying yes to you. Yeah, and the the chef's more likely to be there. That makes sense. Yeah, because they they have to be there cooking food the whole time. And like you said, the owner may not necessarily. That makes sense. Yeah, man, and and so and that's the thing too. So that's why you want to call and see is the chef there. If they're like no, well, when's the chef usually there? And they and if they they'll tell you, and if they don't, they might ask you why. Say. Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a yak farmer, and I, I just want to bring him some samples and let him try some yak and, and talk to him about my farm and see if it maybe potentially wants to get it. And you don't even have to say that much stuff. Just just try to get their information. You got to get through the gatekeeper, which can be difficult. But if you just say, hey, I'm a local farmer, I just want to talk to him about, you know, the restaurant and what I have going on. And mm-hmm. if, if the person – most people are going to be nice and help you because you're a farmer. Like people – you're not some, you know, beer rep or food distributor. You're a, you're an actual sure. farmer. So people have a lot more respect for you in my in my experience. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um I guess I'm I'm trying to think of other questions. Um I think I kind of get the the gist of what I should be doing when I go to um a restaurant. And I think the main thing is I just I just really have to get over the fact that I'm gonna get rejected and maybe it's a little bit scary, but um, yeah, it's just a just two letter be. word, man. That's it. It's true. Crushes yeah. people. No, I just I it's yeah, it's kind of rough. You're like ah, shit. Didn't no, make man, that you sale. Just, you just you don't have an but, emotional attachment to it. Yeah, so that's what I need to. That's I mean, what I need to be. You're always about gonna too. have some. I mean, it's obviously we know. Yeah, that. you know, it's my business, right? We're thinking and feeling beings. But yeah, man, the, you're not going to have all your eggs in one basket. I mean, worst case scenario, you're meeting these people, and a no today isn't necessarily mm-hmm. a no tomorrow. Sure, 
I mean, you, they could tell you no right then and there, but you got this fresh sheet that you hand that has all your contact information, and maybe they're cooking and their food distributor pisses them off. You know, I'm going to try that cool kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's your your you sh- your goal should be to have a good conversation with the chef, like not to okay. have like your goal isn't. I mean, obviously, yeah, you want to fucking make money, but I mean, look at it from that perspective. Like, you know what? I just want to go out there and meet these chefs. And I want to get to know my local my local food community because we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You just have to yeah. you have to change the way you look at it, and that's it. And then and then that two letter word isn't a big deal. And then it's like you know what, like because I I like talking to chefs about food. I I got into this one restaurant because I was getting drunk with the uh, kitchen manager, and we just talked about <laughs> food, and he liked me so much that. He referred me to the chefs and then they're pretty hard to get a hold of, but it's just because they're busy and they don't, I mean, they don't, sure. they don't blow you off because they don't like you. It's just, I mean, fuck man, it's a high stress job. It's not a bad idea to listen to like an Anthony Bourdain book too, so you can get a feel for chefs. Um, not everyone's a big drug addict like Anthony Bourdain was, but you can just kind of get the, <laughs> that idea of like a, a that culture. Um, and that way you, it's kind of like market research and, and they're entertaining books. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, oh, I, again, I had another question I forgot about. You can ask um, as many questions as you want, Nicholas. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, Jesus, I had, oh, oh, here's what I was thinking. I've been thinking, I'm, I'm started this new show, Yakking with Nick, so that I can, partly so that I can funnel more traffic to, um, to the farm and what i'm trying to do is gear it towards local people and i was going to throw this out at you because you have this opportunity more so than um i think a lot of podcasters like i don't know like it's kind of hard to to do this like try to focus local but this is just came into my head interview chefs it's a great idea man yeah use your podcast as a marketing tool that's what i try to do like i've networked with local farmers and everything it's harder to get chefs like i haven't i bet yeah, like my buddy owns that. Um, oh, breweries. Go to bre- do you have breweries there? Everywhere. Yeah, I mean, go to breweries that serve food too. That's a good okay. good market. I've I've tried to talk to my buddy, but he's pretty busy. That's the that's the one thing. Like I think it can work. Like I've been trying to get um, Greg Burns' stepbrother on, and he's totally down to do the podcast, but he's so busy, and he's he's mm-hmm. around Kevin, and Kevin uh, Geary wanted to get him on too on his show. But he's so busy. It's not that he doesn't like me or Kevin. It's just they're just really busy. I mean, it's like the sure. food that food world is. It's a, it's an intense it's an intense way of being. So yeah, I mean, you know, and here's a here's a good way to do it too. Invite people out to your farm. Invite these chefs to yeah. your farm, and just say, hey, you know, if you ever want to come see the farm, let me know. Also, have a podcast. I would love to have you on my podcast. Talk about how and why you became a chef. And what you like about food. And people probably want to talk to you about that stuff, man. And people will be like, oh, you want to talk to sure. me? And you're also, you're, and you can say, you know, make up some big number. Maybe not even tell them numbers. It might scare them. <laughs> but just say, you know, I have a pretty, I have a pretty good influence, man, and uh, audience. And uh, love to have you on the farm, you know. Uh, we can make you some lunch. And then I could, you know, have a 30-minute conversation with you, a 30-minute interview. And then you can keep those a little bit slimmer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, and now I want to ask you questions about doing farmers market because, um, I I I I really worry about like trying to, to call people over, and I think I've heard you say this is something that you've done at oh, farmers market that you'll be the out time. there do in all front the saying, "Ah, oh, it's crazy." It's I mean, that to me that's just so that's that's way beyond my comfort level. Yeah. But I have been trying to do that over the summer. I, I was trying to be more like I, of course, I smile and I look. But if somebody at all stops, I, I try to at least get over that and um, say, "Hey, are you interested in yak?" Oh, but how, how, I wouldn't say how that. much do you? Yeah, really? just say hello. Hey, how are you guys doing today? <clears throat> okay, sure. And like, just say it loud, and then I would stand outside your your table, like so. You're there's nothing in between you and them. And mm-hmm. say, how are you guys doing today? And a lot of times they'll just say smile and everything and say, and then if they respond, say, cool. And then just make a quick pitch like, hey, have you guys ever had yak before? And then if they say, oh, no, 
you say, oh, you guys want to learn about Yak or just anything? I think how to win friends and influence people, that'll help you out a lot with that skill. I mean, there's okay. a lot of things. Because when you listen to that book and then you're, you're going to have these ideas in your head, okay, when you listen to the book, okay, I should try this, this, and that. And then you go and do it. And then you're like, okay, yeah, did this work? Did this work? Oh, I felt comfortable. Yeah, that's, that's – I mean, what I always do, man, is I just say hi. Because once you say hi to people, they're not alarmed. And most people at farmer's markets are really friendly, dude. Like, you got to just be engaging. Mm-hmm. So get outside that table. Be engaging. Um, and make some quick pitches. Say, oh, you, you guys interested in trying some yak? Or just anything okay. quick. I mean, it doesn't matter. Just just be happy. Make eye contact. And then uh, try to avoid long-ass conversations with people. Or have yeah. somebody there, like your dad, that you can hand them off to, and you just focus on selling. Because mm-hmm. people are, are, people are, are talkers, and they're going to want to talk to you. And if somebody's talking to you, somebody who actually wants to buy something may not come and buy, or they'll come by and they'll they'll want to they'll uh, they'll see them talking to you, and then they'll uh, they'll they'll walk by and then they'll forget. Like that, that's why you always want to have two people. Um, because Joel was always the guy that I would have, so I'd hand somebody off to, or when his dad was with me at Canal, I would do that. Or if it was, or just know how to kindly end the conversation quickly and just say, if somebody's looking, say, Hey, I'll be right with you while you're talking to somebody. And then usually somebody will see that as a, Oh, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Like you just always, if somebody looks, acknowledge them. That's the biggest thing. You always have to acknowledge them because if you don't acknowledge them, then, um, then they, they won't think that you have time to talk to them and they won't want to bother you. But you always okay. have to acknowledge people. If somebody looks at you, say, hey, how you doing? Because sure. you're, you're there to sell. Yeah, otherwise, you're just being better, doing something better with your time. So, Because farmer's markets are exhausting, man. Like That's, that's, really, yes. that's a really intense um, – like I'm only – we're going to do it – so we're going to do two this year, or Joel wants to do two. I'm probably going to show up to every other one. I'm not even sure I'm going to show up to all of them. Or any, I don't like, I mean, it's not a bad thing to go. It's just, you got to get up so fucking early. You got to get your equipment ready. You got to load it, unload it. And it's, I don't, I it's mean, a it's, hassle. Yeah. It's a hassle, man. I mean, farm, don't get me wrong. Farmers markets are amazing, but it's a pain in the ass, man. Like I'd rather, the less time I have into selling this, the more money I've made because the more time I have. So, cause your time's more valuable than anything. So you always got to think of, you know, what is the what is the most efficient use of my time here? So that's why if you're if I'm at a farmers market, I'm selling because I want to sell out so I can go home early. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I got it down. That makes sense. Yeah, I got it down to where I'd sell out of everything at like noon. I, I mean, I was running out of product Damn. quick, but I didn't have a ton. But I would make a couple hundred bucks and then uh, go home. Like I was just I'm loading up. I'm getting out of here. See you guys later. Sure. And I and people yeah. would want it like people would want my stuff and then I didn't have time and then like it's like it was like, man, I don't have enough to make like I have I have so much product. And uh you make more money at farmers markets too, man. Uh it, that is true, but it costs more of your time, so I don't know if you're really making more money. Yeah, that's interesting. I was listening to forget her name. She's from Oregon. I think her name's Sarah something. Um she was talking to Joel Salatin, and both of them are saying, don't go to farmer's markets. You know, use your newsletter. Go to the farmer's market maybe, but don't don't rely on it, no. I think is what they were saying. Yeah, you should try and to. I don't. I try not to. Yeah, do you have a newsletter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have, like, ways to sell direct to consumers so you don't even have to leave? Can you do yeah. that? Are you oh, well, allowed to do that in Oregon? Yeah, I can. I can if somebody wanted to come out here. Yeah, I can sell them because I have a I have a meat seller's license. I can I can okay. do anything. I can go anywhere. Yeah, and I mean, sell anything. I would try to bring people to you then, man. I would. I mean, that's what I would do. If I'm fucking. It's hard because like it. it's I'm so outside of town. Like I'm yeah. thirty miles out. It's half an hour to get to town. We'll try to. It's an okay, hour trip. We'll try to work with a local business so you can once a week have somebody come and meet you. Or like set okay, up well on that's. Your own. That's what we do with the milk. My dad, um, okay. he's milking goats. So we 
you know, that's there's more regulations there, but um, so he's who, worked it out. So he he delivers. Uh, well, now he's doing he's doing a little more deliveries than he used to. So he's going to different places, but he has places set up. And what I have done is is sent the meat with him. Yeah, with people who are interested. There you go. Then you don't even have to go. That's a perfect setup. Yeah, We're, use old dad. Hey, dad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of the things that we've been talking about is is going to a few different markets and what we're what i might do my grandpa's listened to this i haven't talked to him about this but we're going to see if we can get him to 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 run i'll have the the three hazeltons running the hazelton farms would be great that'd be cool what Mm -hmm. um yeah man i know darby simpson he's pretty spread out with farmer's market he hustles the fuck out of farmer's markets um yeah i don't want to sign up for that class like I, I don't want. It's just not a. That's not the lifestyle I fucking want, man. Like I don't want to. That's an exhausting lifestyle. I mean, it just mm-hmm. is. Like, I, I've been in a kiosk, you know, six, seven days a week selling phones, and that fucking sucked. Like I was miserable, especially during Christmas season, man. Black Friday, I worked retail, and that's retail getting away from retail is just you just don't want to it's it's just way more stress-free and if you can get the money quickly it's that's the better way to go um yeah that's why i'm trying to go towards um selling to more restaurants so yeah. that's it's not so time intensive yeah i mean and i would look to maybe i mean honestly try to look to form like a, a local co-op with your biodynamic mm-hmm. dynamic people man like let's sell this shit together sure and then the co-op just pays you um, you for your product, and it pays her for her product. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm going to have this guy, Alexander Ekins, on. He's he's part of a huge co-op in uh, Washington. So I'm going to have him on. He's got, I think he said there's like 42 farms. So I'm like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he hustles shit. too, man. He's in, the, he's in the course with me and Scott. So... Excited to talk to him, man. But yeah, I think that. Uh, what about small local grocery stores? Nick, you dropped out there. What about small local grocery stores? Ooh, um, that is not something I've looked into. I've the, I mean, all we really have is Safeway. There are, um, they call them first alternative co-ops. Yeah, there's two. I think yeah. they're the same organization. There's no and, um, them, that's for sure. There isn't. And uh, I, I'd, uh, I'm, the reason I haven't gone to them is because I don't have enough product. At least that's what I think. So maybe I, well, that maybe like I a should. That's a belief to me. You're probably right. Now that I think about it, I'm thinking, well, I'm butchering three yaks this year. So that's like 300 pounds of Around burger. Meat. Fuck yeah. Here's <laughs> the thing. What if, what if you can move all 300 pounds through that co-op? And all you have to do is drop it off to them, and and if you can get that those numbers right, all your problems are solved, man. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I I didn't. Yeah, I just I blocked it out of my mind because I'm thinking, ah, I'm not big enough for that. That's a silly thing to do. Yeah, I mean, because you don't know. I mean, the worst case you find out is that that's that's the truth, but you don't even know that that's the truth or not. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you running out of recording space? Uh, no, nah, I got five minutes. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have any more questions. This was actually really helpful. I have a lot of notes. That's good. Yeah. A lot of it, like I said, I, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. A lot of it is just, I mean, I do the same thing, but it's like I've been, it's weird. I, I work better when people ask me questions like that. And I mean, it's shit, man. There are a lot of shit I could say that's going to be totally wrong, and, I, and you're going to find out. You know what? It didn't work the way <laughs> that I that Drew said it might, but it was close enough. And that's the thing is, like, just to get an idea to where you feel good enough to go and do it, because you're going to develop your own style. You're going to be your own person. You're going to be, you are going to be, you know, Nick Hazelton salesman versus Drew. You're going you're gonna to sell sure. to how your personality works best with you. And that's what you need mm-hmm. to do because all you're selling is you. Like you're selling Nick Hazelton, which you already do, man. Like you're a popular guy. You know what I mean? Like you're an interesting dude. Like you're an 18-year-old kid who, who, whose dad was his principal, dropped out, talked, convinced his dad to let him drop out of high school and become a farmer. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking powerful, man. And, and you need to leverage that. 
Sure. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I, I don't really like talking about that much anymore. Well, but you don't, maybe, you don't yeah. have to. I mean, you don't have to sell the whole fucking story, but just have it in your mind that you're a fucking badass. And, and that's <laughs> it. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, that's going to be part of it is learning how to do it. People told me that that was the advice I got in the mastermind is, Dude, you haven't even you, you're saying you don't like sales. You've never even done sales. You don't yeah. know what this is. And and they said, you know, you just try it out, see what happens. And then like what I've been told, and I know Joel Salatin does this, is they they outsource their marketing. They find somebody who's interested, like, hey, you like you like this uh style of farming, but you don't really want to start your own or you don't have enough um money to buy or lease land yet. Well, hey, why don't you hop on board with me, be my salesman for a while and uh yeah. I'll help you get started or something. Well, I mean, but that's does, a little bit ways down the line. He too, does the right? fiefdoms gotta, too, man. But also, like, I mean, shit. If you can sell everything through that co-op, then do it. Can you hear that yeah. loud noise? If so, I'm sorry. Uh, barely. Okay, cool. It's my. It sounds like a sharpening pencil. I got to move my uh, litter boxes out of my. I'm moving my whole office around, and right now my litter boxes are in here, and um, I have an automatic litter box that I forgot to turn oh. off. So sorry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. That but last yeah. show I recorded had dogs barking in the background. It was terrible. Well, it's it's just people don't really care, I don't think. But No, they don't. I think, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, hold on, let me hit pause, man. One second. Yeah, so the, the biggest thing is just make sure that when you, it's just make sure you're not making excuses as to why you can't do it. Like, make a goal. Of I'm going to go and talk to, I'm going to have three conversations this week or, or whatever. But I think the first thing I would do if I was you is look into the co-op. Okay. Because it's just a hassle. We'll deal with chefs. It's cool. I mean, it's fun and cool, but cool isn't always what pays the bills. Sure. Like it sounds cool to sell yak meat. I sell, I sell yak meat to these restaurants, but it sounds way cooler to just be relaxing and just drop off 300 pounds of yak and then you're done yeah then i can do whatever the hell i want i could be podcasting more and yeah man doing whatever yeah no that makes sense that maybe that's what i'll do because i was planning on i was my plan for this week was okay talk to drew schedule a meeting with a restaurant um to test out what what i learned um but maybe yeah maybe i'll do that see if i can contact the co-op yeah talk to the co-op see and make and crunch numbers see if it works for you and the co-op um, mm-hmm. See if you have to join the co-op or how that works, and then, uh, then yeah, man, that's it. Okay, yeah, I'll at least do some research into that. Cool, cool. All right, well, thank you. Yeah, again. thanks again, man, and uh, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm like, I got 47 seconds, so go to yeah, plug your website. Yeah, go to the samplehour.com. Um, check out or samplehour.com. Check out all my shit. And go to anarchoyakitalism.com. It's, it's and-yak.com. And-yak.com. And you'll find both the Anarcho-Yakitalism podcast and Yakin' with Nick. Um, I don't update the Anarcho-Yakitalism podcast anymore, and I'm looking to switch over websites. But for now, and-yak.com is where everything's at. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in.